Hello, my darlings. Raise a glass. Wiggle your nose. Offer Offer a a charming charming toast. toast. I'm Birdie. And I'm Kelly. And we're your witches. witches. (laughs) (laughs) I sound like a witch. Oh, yes. Very nice. (laughs) (laughs) My pretty. (laughs) I think I'm doing a witch. It's almost Halloween. It is Halloween. And I have some thoughts about the veil that is growing thinner and thinner. Yeah. I think that it's not just Halloween. I think it's the weeks surrounding Halloween. Okay. Where, like, let's say right now, well, let's say like at the beginning, I'm just saying a week, but this is just my synopsis. I like it. That's. The veil begins to get thinner and thinner as you get closer and closer to Halloween. But on Halloween night, it is the thinnest. To the other dimension? To the other realm. Okay. To the other side. And you know what I thought? You know, Deus de Muertos? Yeah. Day of the Dead, which Mexico... Has everybody seen Coco? Yeah, it's so cute. So cute. It made me cry. Well, that's about... Day of the Dead, which is yeah. literally just like one or two days after Halloween. Oh, okay. Yeah, hold on. Let me Google this. Day of the Dead. I, th- Dead I knew it was around Halloween. I just didn't know what day. I put Deus de Muerto. No, it's Dia de los Muertos. <laughs> Wait. Oh, Dia. De- yeah, day. Dia's okay. day. <laughs> 2021. Yeah, it's Monday, November 1st. Oh, it's the day after. Okay. It's the day after. So Mexico's like, yeah, bro, it's the thinnest for sure at this time. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then it gets thicker and thicker and it like fades away. I mean, I definitely think in general, if anybody's, you know, trying to communicate, tap into whatever, you probably have really good chances <laughs> yeah that, at least yeah and I just I wish that we had I wish that normal people not the ones that are super tapped in but just normal people could see you know I so know. that we would have more believers well if it was like Coco I'd be happy to indulge but if if it's not like Coco like and there's some weird shit on the other side <laughs> yeah uh, Maybe I mean, my back. family, I have family in Mexico, but I don't think that they ever s- celebrated Deus de Muertos, but, oh, and it reminds me of, um, our listener that sent in that story a while back, a few months ago, where he said that it was Deus de Muertos and they were, um, tr- they had built a shrine for his grandpa and his That's grandpa right. was Patron. Yeah. Do you remember that? And then like, they were lighting candles and the the cork of the Patron bottle that was brand new and it was still like from the store. So it was still wrapped and stuff popped off. Yeah. That's a wild. Like I know. Grandpa's like, sweet. Thanks. He's like, thanks. Give me that. Go, go, go. Yeah. I'll be drinking this. Thank you so much. Yeah. I don't have tequila like this on the other side. <laughs> I know. I wonder what kind of tequila they have. I know that would be great. Tequila of the gods. <laughs> <laughs> if I ever make a tequila company, I think that should be the name of it. TMDM. Yes. Trademark that shit. <laughs> tequila of the gods. That'd be fun. How do you say that in Spanish? Let me try and Google this. Te- <laughs> tequila. Dios translate. No, Dia de los Muertos. To Kia de the la gods. How do you say gods? I don't know, but Google Translate will tell you. You can put it in in English and it'll tell you in Spanish. Oh, hold on, guys. I, I told you that I'm half Latin and I am, but I grew up a white girl. Yeah. Tequila of the gods in me- in Spanish. Google Translate. 
How do you say? <laughs> Como se dice? <laughs> How do you say tequila of the gods? I'm not using Google Translate very well. We'll have to think of this later. How do you say God in Spanish? <laughs> I don't know. I don't I mean I didn't learn that in Spanish class, at least not that I remember. Dios! Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah, <laughs> it's Dios. That's God. Tequila de la Dios. <laughs> so I'm, I basically should do Rosetta Stone now. Yeah, maybe. Maybe that's, uh, <laughs> that's your new hobby. Can you hear me typing? I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, we can all hear you. <laughs> Tequila of the gods. Oh, yeah. So um, me and Kelly took a mini sabbatical just for one month because life bitch slapped us both in different ways. We flew opposite ends of the world. Yes. Yeah. Um, So we're sorry that we missed you in September, but we're happy to be back in October. Um, We were both gone, like we said, for very different reasons. My reason was that my grandmother who I was very close to passed um just over a month ago and uh that was really really difficult on me and my family so yeah I was not in the mental space to like really do anything or be organized or like do anything with our show let alone anything else normal in life so that was my understandable um but Bertie had a much lighter and happier reason yeah but I still got bitch slapped too because oh, yeah I'm gonna I'm pregnant and it's not even a joke <laughs> why would it be a joke because sometimes people say I'm pregnant because they're trying to fuck with you but oh yeah for me it's real and I even even have a piece of chocolate right here that has caramel in it that I'm about to eat. Oh, hell yeah. I've been staring at it this whole time because it sounds so good. (laughs) And she's nauseous, this poor girl. Yeah, first trimester is a bitch, man. Like, nobody warns you that 75% of women get morning sickness and that morning sickness, fucking, it's like the worst hangover you've ever had. Oh, it's like the worst hangover you've ever had. And you know, when you're that hungover, you call out sick. Well, when you're pregnant, you don't get to call out sick. You just have to still do life. Oh, yeah. You like you don't feel good. so much sympathy for like general uncomfortableness. Cause it's like you said, it's constant. It's not like it goes away when you eat something greasy and like take a nap. Yeah, it doesn't you don't wake up the next day feeling better. You wake up the next day feeling exactly the same uh, for three months in a row. Yeah, you're almost at the hopeful tipping point. So we're gonna. I'm keep almost to the tipping crossed. point, you guys. I'm at eleven and a half weeks, Yay! and they say that this uh, subsides around week twelve. So I'm hoping that you all are true. That it's true. That it's gotta shine on a little longer. <laughs> yeah oh my gosh I'm so excited for you and John and baby bird baby bouncing baby magic bean bird yeah exactly we'll see his size is and it's a boy we know it's a boy you guys yeah he's the size of a large strawberry (laughs) that's sucking the life out of me (laughs) literally and all the will to live (laughs) but I feel like a little bit better and I thought you know what I want to do an episode yeah exactly it was time to get back in the swing of things and on that note with it being spooky spooky season and Halloween coming up we thought it would be fun uh to say some cocktails that we make for Halloween. Um, yes. 
or Halloween parties that you guys are having and you're going to drink in Birdie's honor because she can't right now. <laughs> Everybody has to take a shot this Halloween for me. Exactly. So Say to Birdie, throw it down your throats. <laughs> throw it down your throats. Yeah. That is a visual. <laughs> <laughs> Can you hear me eating my chocolate? Oh yeah, but it's fine because they can normally just hear us pouring wine. So okay. <laughs> what's the difference? Okay, good. We're professionals, obviously. You guys want to hear some bullshit? Yeah. I'm drinking alcohol-free rosé. Yeah. Rose. Guess what it's called? It's called Free. Ugh, that's the worst name. I know. I just want to... I just want to be like free of flavor, love, fun, <laughs> and alcohol. Exactly. But we're still drinking it to feel. I'm still drinking it so I can feel included and like part of the cool kid club. Does it taste like wine or no? It tastes like juice. I don't get it. Um, it, it tastes like wine without the alcohol. Okay. So okay. it still has that soury taste to it. Okay. I mean, I'm curious. I might, you know, have to get some just no, don't support you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just sniff your wine. All right. Fair enough. Well, the cocktail that I found, uh, so get your pens and papers ready, kids, because uh, you're going to want to write these recipes down. So you guys are going to want to write these down for this Halloween. Exactly. Serve it to all your guests. So mine is a spooky blueberry gin cocktail. Ooh. Yeah. Um, it has eight grams of basil leaves. Who knows what grams means? So it says about 16 basil leaves. <laughs> so hopefully oh my that gosh. helps you. <laughs> I'm already into it. 40 grams of blueberries, fresh or frozen. Again, so sorry about the grams. You're going to have to do some math calculating. You definitely got this from Canada. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Canada. Um, okay, two <laughs> ounces of lemon juice, four ounces of gin, a half a teaspoon of activated charcoal powder. What? Yeah, and a can of ginger beer. And ice, obviously. And then that sounds amazing with basil. So um, it definitely makes it like super, super dark, like purpley, black, blueberry, you know, with the charcoal cool. and everything. So yeah, it looks, it looks creepy, but it looks delicious at the same time. So we will be sure to post these recipes in the Instagram as well um oh my so god you guys have access and you don't have to run and scramble for a pen and paper oh my gosh that sounds amazing and the charcoal is cleaning your liver as you're damaging it dude two for one two for one the best deal two for. yeah so that was exciting so i hope you guys enjoy that if you make it if you do make it obviously let us know what you think What's yours, Bert? Send us pictures of you drinking it with your friends. Yeah. We'll post it. We love to see our listeners. Well, mine is a classic that I've been serving at my Halloween parties for years. So yes. it is my favorite one. Um, it is not the Halloween-y martini, though, because somebody sent me Instagram pictures of um, the halloween martini party I used to I used to throw in my 20s and that was a shit show one oh time oh my gosh just whipped cream everywhere somebody fell in my bathroom fell so hard in the in the tub they landed on the faucet on their back and ripped the faucet out of the wall oh my like, god it was like bruised on her back for like six months <laughs> holy shit <laughs> that was the halloweeny martini since then we've all grown up a little bit okay all right good to know this is the witch's brew <laughs> so what you do is you get a punch bowl 
Yeah. Mine is from Target and it's copper and I love it. Yeah. Okay, guys. So you get a jug of like, I like to do the organic apple cider. Mm-hmm. So you get a jug of the apple cider and you get a bottle of Prosecco yeah. and then you get a bunch of bourbon and you throw it all in together. And so the Prosecco makes it kind of crispy and light, but yes. the, but the apple cider makes it sweet and like apples. And then the bourbon fucks you up. Makes it boozy. Makes the boozy. And then you take oranges and apples and you cut them the long way so that they look like little wheels. Yeah. And you let them float on top. And then the best part, which is my favorite part of the whole thing, is you get dry ice and you put it in there and it freaking smokes like crazy and everyone is so stoked about it. It's such an Instagram worthy drink because the smoke is coming out of it. It just looks insane. It almost makes you feel like a kid again. I love it. That's so exciting. It is. And then you serve it out of the punch bowl into people's glasses and they walk around with these smoldering cups of like bourbon apple juice and it's awesome. Oh my God. I love it. That's so good. Yeah. I call it witch's brew. So guys recap organic apple cider, a bottle of Prosecco, some bourbon to fuck it up, (laughs) garnish it with apples and oranges. And last but not least, the must not leave out dry eyes. I love it. It's the best. Cauldron. Yes. Like a cauldron. That's the word. (laughs) Oh, for I would like Halloween episode. I would make it creepy and go get those like fake fingers and eyeballs Ooh. and like pop them in like with the cute stuff so the people yes. are like, oh, I have an eyeball in my cup. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so oh my gosh, if I had an eyeball in my cup, I'd probably barf in it right no, now. No, do, yeah, don't think about it now. But like, <laughs> pretend it was funny and you were able to drink. Yes. <laughs> You guys, it it really is um, boring not drinking, but I just tell myself there is an, uh, I was going to say an eye at the end of the tunnel, but I mean a light at the end of the tunnel. (laughs) Pregnancy brain. (laughs) (laughs) There's a light at the end of the tunnel and it's for a good cause. And it just gives me all the happiness to not care as much as I usually would. Oh, exactly. That's so exciting. Okay. I was like, yeah, but no, can't do it. Uh, yes, I would love a drink, but I will stick to my fose. <laughs> my fose. My fake rose. Exactly. So, should we get into rose, these but... uh, stories and do story time? Oh, yes. I'm excited about my story. I'm excited about my stories every time. But... Every time. But it's because they're always so good. I mean, yeah, well, that's the best part. And, like, we never share them with each other. So... This is like the best thing ever because I truly feel like it's story time. And like with it being Halloween, it's like the best time of year for us. Ooh, let me get comfortable. Oh yeah, girl. It's story time with Birdie and Kelly. (laughs) That's what we should have called it. (laughs) That should have been the name of our podcast. What were we thinking? Because that's stupid. (laughs) Nobody (laughs) knows who we are. Nobody cares. They're going to be like, who the fuck is Kelly and Birdie? who are these bitches they're like oh yeah we're bitches bewitched obviously clearly i care who bitches bewitched is for sure Uh, yeah because we're the (laughs) cutest when people get to know us we're adorable (laughs) do you want to go first okay i'll do my i'll go first first. you go first this time okay 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 so this story is brought to you by abby And Abby writes in with my experiences with dark entities. Ooh. Okay. So she says, so a brief backstory. The home I was born in was stated by paranormal investigators as, quote, a gateway to hell. Oh, okay. (laughs) I'm going to try not to comment so much and just listen, but I'm already like, okay. Settle in, girl. All right. So any babies that were born there had health issues. Needless to say, I had slash have health issues. 
I personally don't have any memories of that place, but I've heard enough about it. Growing up, I would experience things, but it wasn't until I moved into this one house that I experienced things that make me still shudder to this day. I've moved into the house when I was like 12, I believe. This house was a terrace of six houses and was on the very edge of a small village in England. Side note, I recently just found out that, that, ter that the terrace of the houses was basically used as slaughterhouses for pigs. No wonder it had such dark energy. Oh, anyway, I know. Here are some of my experiences in no particular order. I started to notice things on the first day we moved in, but nothing too sinister. I would just see figures out of the corner of my eye. I didn't notice until now how much this place messed with my head. It was evil. I would hear things at night. I was in an attic room, which uh, joined to my sister's room, the stairs leading up to my room. Uh, so I would see things standing on the stairs out of the corner of my eye, watching me all the time. The stairs would creak. Over time, things escalated. I would be asleep and wake up to what would feel like something sitting on my bed. I used to just pretend to still be asleep. I once woke up to a woman uh, who stood right next to my bed staring at me. As I came around the corner, she was gone. Even scarier another time, whilst I had a friend sleeping over, I woke up to someone standing next to my bed, leaning forward, looking straight past me at my friend. I was terrified. It's the way it was looking at her. I didn't, it didn't even acknowledge me. Maybe it didn't like her being there, I don't know. But more and more over time, I got the sense of something not very nice at all. Even when things weren't happening, I could still feel it. I used to stay up late because I was scared to go to bed. One time, I was sitting downstairs watching TV in the early hours of the morning when I decided to go to bed. I could sense something behind me. I got upstairs and sat on my bed. The door handle at the bottom of the stairs started to rattle a bit. I knew what was happening, but was hoping to hear my mom or one of my siblings. I just sat there paralyzed. The rattling got louder and more aggressive. It did this for about two minutes. I wanted to go over and look to see if I was just being crazy, but I was too scared to move. It eventually stopped and I just sat there. Whatever it was was still there. I can't explain it, but you can sense those things when they're around you. It's just a terrifying heaviness. I would have horrible nightmares with, hor with a horrible presence that would wake up and I would still feel the presence. The thing that shook me the most was one night I was laying in bed. I felt the heaviness arrive like I always did. And then I heard it, a deep guttural growl Ooh. from under my bed. Oh, that's demonic. Um, yeah. <laughs> I knew it wasn't but I thought maybe it was one of the cats. Although cats don't growl like this. I was frozen. I eventually plucked up the courage, leaned down and looked under my bed. There was nothing there. I was terrified and I didn't know what to do. I just laid there. Somehow I eventually fell asleep. I never heard the growl again, but the whole time I lived in that house, my experiences continued. Even after we moved for a while, I experienced things. I think it followed us. It did eventually stop. In a way, finding out what the house used to be gave me some clarification that I wasn't crazy and that I was feeling that what I was feeling was real. It makes me sad, though, to know that all the suffering took place where I used to sleep. Anyway, hope you enjoyed my reading experiences. I definitely didn't. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I know. Wow. wow. Thank you for sending that story in. So first thing is I want to know more about that lady and like yeah. if she was the growling noise just manifesting herself in a different way right you know yeah I mean I I think when people have multiple experiences or like that const like they're constantly around kind of like how you're even some of your childhood experiences were you know like there was just yeah. a darkness that wasn't able to be lifted and when you're a kid specifically you don't know that you can do anything about it 
Yeah, you kind of just, and I, you know how they say there's like the freeze, fight, or flight? Totally. Well, I kind of feel like she's the fight because literally looking under your bed, I could never, I would never have the balls to do that in a million years. I felt the same way. I, I was so, I've been in that paralyzed sense where I felt like, you know, a dark entity kind of thing. And like, I just couldn't move. I was like sweating and like had myself covered in my bed and I just couldn't move. And like to confront it is like not ever something that would cross my mind. Yeah. But then at the same time, she's even saying like how she was freezing and paralyzed. So I feel like you go through the varying different experiences based on maybe what's happening at that time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just think she's like extremely brave to even, to even do that. But I mean, one word, sage, sage, sage the shit out of that place. Sage is your friend. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I would be anointing every doorpost with oil and having every kind of, you know, prayer being said over that house. Yeah. But like a portal to hell. So, wow. I know. I can't, I mean, I could, I can't even imagine what, but like, it always makes me think when people tell stories, excuse me, stories about their childhood like what were their parents experiencing (laughs) or were there no right or were they experiencing anything I feel like so many of these stories are people remembering back when they were children and when you're a kid you kind of just process it but then as an adult you're like okay that was not normal that was really weird yeah like you have so much more allowances when you're a kid you're you like assume like she said, like, oh, I was just hoping it was like my mom or my siblings or something like you. Yeah. Yeah. Oof. No, girl. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you so much for sending in your story. That was incredible. Yes, that was thank terrifying, you. actually. <laughs> uh, that would that's for sure demonic. And I would be saging that house as much as possible. Yeah. Okay, so my story comes to us. It's called Huck's Defeat. Okay. All right. This story is coming to you all the way from South Carolina, Charlotte to be exact, a town steeped in rich history and Southern charm. Hello, my name is M, leaving out my full name for privacy's sake. So my husband and I bought a home here in Charlotte a few years back, and boy, is it haunted. The house itself is new, but I believe it sits on haunted land. How do I know this? I saw a ghost, my ghost, and I think I may even know who he is. I've attached a picture for you to see. Oh my God. My ghost is obsessed or has something to do with water because he is always leaving faucets on wherever or wherever or whatever my interactions with him are most of the time have to do with water. And after doing research on the land my my home is built on, it has led me to believe that my ghost is a soldier from the Revolutionary War, specifically from the Battle of Huck's Defeat, which happened here on our land, which borders the small town of Fort Mills, Kings Mountain in South Carolina. If you've ever seen the movie, The Patriot with Mel Gibson, that movie is about Huck's defeat. Oh, really? Yeah. And also the dead giveaway. I saw him with my own eyes from about 30 feet away. I'm standing down the hall from him and I hear the faucet in the bathroom turn on and off. I look down the hall and he walks out from my bathroom, looks at me and walks into the weight room. I've attached a picture of my hallway that I took right after I saw him. You can see the light on the carpet at the end of the hallway and that's the bathroom, the um, shining down on the carpet. And that's the light from the bathroom at the end of the hall. And then the room at the end of the hall is the weight room. So you can see where he walked out from and where he walked into. Oh. When I saw him, I could see his clothes were dark and dirty and he was tall. Although I couldn't see his legs. I could only see him from the waist up. He was a soldier. 
I believe he must have died of thirst or something related to water, or maybe he drowned. Because there's a creek that runs through my property where the battle happened. Mm. He's a peaceful ghost, and I've gotten kind of used to him. And he's never malicious. He kind of just hangs around sometimes, leaving the hutch light on for me on dark, rainy days. Neither my husband nor I ever make an effort to put the light on on the hutch. But he seems to like it. And on dark days, my ghost will leave the light on for me. One thing I know for sure is that my ghost always has my back. Leaving out the details for privacy's sake, I have to tell you this story where my ghost was my ride or die. (laughs) There was this lady who was an awful lady and she had done things to my, to people I love and hurt them. It was, it had made me so sad. And one night out of desperation, I half jokingly said out loud to my ghost, can't you do something about her? Now, I'm never the type to ever wish ill will on anyone, and I would never ask for anyone to be hurt. And don't worry, nobody was hurt in this story. But this lady was awful, and she hurt people that I love. No joke, a month later, I heard that this lady was sitting on her toilet, going to the bathroom, when her toilet fell through the floor. (laughs) The weight of her body literally made the toilet fall through the floor. Don't oh worry, the bathroom goodness. the bathroom was on the first floor and her fall was only a few feet through the flooring, so she wasn't hurt. But I can't help but to think that this was my ghost answering my call because what had happened was, was the flooring around the toilet had flooded with water and rotted the floor around the base of the toilet, so much so that when she sat on the toilet, she fell through the floor. What are the odds? It had to have been my ghost. <laughs> That is crazy. Thank you for listening to my stories. And when I and when I have more, I'll be sure to send them in. M. <laughs> That's wild. isn't that amazing? That's like such a good story. The thing that makes me think that it was for sure her ghost is that the reason the toilet fell through the floor was because water had rotted the floor. Yeah, exactly. And it was like a month later that she heard about it. So it could have happened easily shortly after she's like, can you do something about this lady? Yeah. Do you know what I like? So initially when you were telling the story, I did, I did have some weird feeling that like he drowned. So it's interesting that you mentioned that because without, yeah, before you said that there was a Creek, I was like, I was like, I wonder if he drowned with him being a little like water obsessed. Um, interesting and like I understand the like turning on and turning things off I feel like that's more communicative but the like leaving the light on for somebody when it's like specifically raining to me is like very like um you want them to be safe but at the same time like a soldier is going to protect the people around them right like the mentality of like soldiers yes I don't know like it just wow I never thought of it that way yeah that's a really good takeaway, Kelly. I love it. I just Thank think you, that, that was really interesting. Yeah. This story, story, I love. Yeah, I love this story. I just almost died. I, I like rolled off my chair laughing when I when I read this story. So <laughs> yeah, so it was good. just amazing. Yeah. Well, we don't always get sort of like light-ish hearted ones. So it's always nice to have a little change of pace. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. I know we went from the deepest, darkest of growling to falling off the toilet. Yeah. Well, I can't guarantee that this next one will be any lighter on my Ooh, Okay. <laughs> but we'll... it is the Halloween episode. Exactly. Okay. So this story comes to you by Hawk. And the title is Ghost Encounter at a Haunted Historical Inn as a Child. Oh my gosh. We have a theme for the episode. Wait, hold on. It's from Huck? Hawk. Like a, oh, like Hawk. A I was going to say, because mine was Huck's defeat. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So this, uh, it says, this happened to me when I was around six years old in the mid-90s. My father was a Finnish carpenter at the time, and I went to work with him one day. He was working on restoring an old hotel called the Feather River Inn in Pumas County, California. The inn was built in 1915 uh, and was also a preparatory school 
uh, it has now been vacant for a long time. At the time, I knew the inn had a, his, a history of being haunted or at least very spooky. My dad told me about uh, the place and about stories he had heard. He later had his own story. I was little at the time and didn't really think too much about it, but I remember I was excited to go and see it in person. The third floor was abandoned and was in really bad uh, disrepair. I remember it being really dark and in shambles. Think any kind of old abandoned building look. We went to the third floor to look around because there was really weird paintings in some of the rooms. They were painted in all black and white swirls, like hypnosis circles. The crew imagined boys from the prep school probably drew them, but no one knew for sure. The strangest thing was they even found a mummified cat in one of the walls up there. What? That's just messed up. So wild. (laughs) Um, the second floor was where they were working that day. As we walked there, we passed colonies of bats uh, in balls on the ceiling. They were literal balls of bats all clinging together. That place was very eerie. Weird. So I remember the second floor was shaped like a big square with one hallway around the perimeter. The halls were very long. The part of the hall that they were working on was in good shape and lit. There were other guys working all down uh, this part of the busy hallway doing things. I was standing at one end, looking all the way down the hall. I realized someone was peeking around the corner at the other end of the hall. It was a woman. You can tell I was little at the time because I just assumed it was the wife of one of my dad's crew members. She had long black curly hair, fair skin, dark eye makeup, and dark clothes. She really resembled the man's wife, so I excitedly started to wave at her, but she didn't wave back. This went on for a while, and I felt really confused. I started to feel strange because no one else in the hall was reacting. She was just deadpan staring at me, so I reflexively turned on to look, uh, turned to look behind myself. Maybe she was looking past me. When I turned back, she was gone. I thought this was weird, so I walked down the hall and turned the corner. When I looked down this part of the hall, it was totally black and all a mess. They hadn't even started working on that part yet. That's when I got pretty scared because it all sank in at once. I realized the position that the woman was standing in was not normal. You could not see her lower half at all from around the corner. It was just like her upper half was sticking out from around the side. At that point, I realized her hair was not curly. It was like out of control. She wasn't fair-skinned. She was basically pure white. Her dark makeup was actually two big vacant holes of eyes. Yeah. It's crazy looking back on this experience because it's like, what on earth was I thinking waving at that? (laughs) (laughs) It's also strange that it took a while for me to process how creepy she looked. I can still totally see her and the whole experience in my mind's eye. I can't totally remember her expression though. I think it was just blank or serious, not smiling. I can't remember what I did next, but I know I have talked about it with my parents in the past. Basically everyone who has spent time there has had a strange experience. Whatever I saw, it was so vivid that they, and there that I interacted with it. And that's it. Wow, they actually interacted with this woman. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I wonder who she was. Crazy. Oh my gosh, that was a great story. I like the frantically waving, like you could just imagine a kid being like, hi. Yeah, like, oh, that's somebody's wife. Like they came to visit. Hey, (laughs) it's like, I feel like that's something I would have done as a kid. This is why we tell kids stranger danger. (laughs) Like, (laughs) Seriously, I, my mom needed to make sure to teach me stranger danger big time. Mm. And like, I have a huge problem with like the hollow eyes. Oh my God, me t- I just like, cause I'm picturing, right? Like, like picturing the details that he describes it in is bananas to me because I feel like I can see her too. 
Yeah, me too. I wish that we could compare like how I imagine her to how you imagine her. Yeah. And just like see side by side, like what this woman, wouldn't it be so creepy if it was the same exact woman? Oh God. That we both imagined. Oh God. I just got the chills. Let's not do that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So when she, when they say, um, I don't know if Hawk is, um, he or she or they or whichever, but, um, when they say that the second floor was a square room with the, with the hallway around the perimeter. Yeah. It reminded me of, have you seen that TV show Sharp Objects? No. Oh my gosh, you have to see Sharp Objects. It's Amy Adams. At first it's slow, but okay. oh, it's so like perfect. This t- It's perfect for this time of year. And like, it starts off kind of slow, but the way it ends is like, pow, boom. Like, oh, it just has such a good ending. Oh my God. And the whole time you're like, oh my God. It's so creepy. And it's the same writer as... um. It's the same writer as um, as um, um, Big Little Lies. Oh, okay. Interesting. So, um, yeah. And so it's just very eerie. It takes place in the South. Um, the houses are eerie. And the house in that TV show reminds me of how she described um, this room, this second floor room with a big square with a hallway around the perimeter because that's what the house looked like. Oh, in this TV show. So when I was listening to the, the story, I was imagining that house and it just gave me the creeps because, yeah. oh, yeah, and the slaughterhouse. Or was the slaughterhouse from the first story? The first one, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, because that's part of it too. Yeah, 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 yeah. You got to watch that TV show. It's really good. Okay, I will. I just watched an interesting, like not that long ago, a movie with Amy Adams where she's like um, agoraphobic and what's agoraphobic again they can't leave their house like they're scared to like leave their house wait is this sharp objects i don't know no i know what you're talking about i don't Um, know the name of it but it was so good and it's a murder mystery yeah it is a murder mystery like it's like the neighbor across the street that she like thinks she sees the guy like murder his wife kind of thing Yep, yep. I watched it too. It's really good. It it's kind so of good. has the same vibes as Sharp Objects a little okay. bit. But Amy Adams is a lot more of a mess in Sharp Objects than she is in that movie. She yeah, is she's a mess in the other one too. She's a let's just say early in the morning, she'll go and she'll buy vodka and put it in water bottles and just chug it. Hey, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's a mess. <laughs> yeah. So um yeah, definitely highly recommend. But um if there's any triggers or anything though, just like there is suicide in that TV show. So okay, that does trigger anybody. Just keep that in the back of your mind. Um, but other than that, it's just a really good, it's a really well-written show. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Sweet. Yeah. So um, my last story. So M's story in South Carolina, Charlotte got me on this like Google rampage where I actually found this um, story about this serial killer couple, Lavinia and Lavinia Fisher and um, she, Lavinia and John Fisher. And this story is freaking wild. I actually got the whole article from legendsofamerica.com. Okay. but it's such a crazy story. I kind of just want to tell you guys the story paraphrased by bird because <laughs> it's a true story. And then it ends up how um, she actually still haunts the jailhouse where she was hung. Um, but let me just tell you guys the story of Lavinia and John Fisher. That okay. shit crazy. Okay. So Back in 1793, there was a lady by the name of Lavinia Fisher. She's beautiful. And she's recognized as um, America's first female serial killer. Whoa. Yeah. So this takes place in Charleston, really close to where M's story happened, actually. Okay. Wild. And I think almost in the same town, there's the um, Charleston 
jail and that's the jail it's actually famous for her hauntings and has been on like ghost adventures and stuff like that so okay this is a very famous ghost but her her alive life just deserves to be told because I okay let me just say so there's this young socialite couple John and Lavinia Fisher everybody loves them in Charleston They are known to be entrepreneurs. They're young. They're beautiful. They're socialites. People love them. And they decide they want to open an inn because they're entrepreneurs. The Six Mile Wayfair House. That's why I was like, we have a theme. (laughs) So they both managed this inn in the early 1800s. But mysteriously, men started beginning to disappear in Charleston. So all these men went missing. And as more and more reports were filed, the authorities determined that they were all last seen at the Six Mile Wayfair House. But because everybody loved them so much, they were like, no, it would have never been John and Lavinia Fisher. Oh my God. They sent some people up there to like, to like get them to go to court, but they, it never like went through because Lavinia was so beautiful and charming and she was popular in the business, the hotel business and their community. Um, but later they learned that she used those characteristics to help um, for her husband, to help her husband rob and kill many male travelers. Wild. So as more and more men went missing, the rumor mill began to work. So one day there was this dude named David Ross and he was traveling in February of 1819. He was going from, I think, Georgia down through Charleston and no, 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 sorry. His name wasn't David Ross. His name was John Peoples. That was his. And so this John Peoples dude was like, He's from another part of town. He's from Georgia. So he doesn't know what's going on down here. Right. right. And he's like, oh, I'm so tired. I'm going to stop at this uh, six mile Wayfair house, get some shut eye and head on my travels in the morning. So he stops by and he sees Lavinia and he's like, hey, do you have any rooms? And Lavinia's like, no, I don't have any rooms, but you're welcome to stay for a spot of tea and some food if you like if you're weary and he's like sure that sounds great and he was like enraptured by her beauty and her charm so they're sitting and she's serving them dinner and they're talking 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 she starts asking him all these questions and he's just happy to answer them because she's so beautiful and he's just not thinking about it he's just she's just asking him all these questions and he's just answering them and then he notices that he's getting weird looks from her husband from across the room. And he's like, Oh, that's a little, like it made him uneasy, like these weird looks. So she offers him tea, but, uh, John Peoples, he actually thought the tea was gross and he didn't Mm -hmm. want to be rude. So when she wasn't looking, he would like throw the tea over his shoulder or like dump it out because he didn't want to be rude. And she continued to, ask questions and he continued to oblige and her husband continued to give him weird looks and then all of a sudden she was like oh hey a room opened up actually do you want to do you want to stay and he was like sure so he goes into the room and he's like undressing and he's like starts thinking about all the questions that she was asking him and he was like uh I feel kind of stupid for telling her so much Okay. And then he was just like, maybe I shouldn't have told her so much about me. I don't know. Like he got kind of weird vibes. And then he remembered the weird looks that the husband was giving and he got like super weird vibes. And he was like, I don't feel comfortable here anymore. So, so, uh, he was like, "I, I can't sleep here. So he, he pulled the chair in the room over by the door and he just kind of like sat there all night. And he was like dozing off and like waking up and dozing off and waking up. But he just like was so creeped out. He couldn't sleep. Like, have you ever had nights like that where you were so creeped out? You couldn't sleep. I mean, no, thank God. But Really? Oh my gosh. I've totally had nights like that. Oh, I don't envy it. Yeah. So all this, so he's like dozing off. And then all of a sudden 
bam, he hears this loud freaking noise in his room and the bed fucking falls through the floor and disappears. What? So he's like, what the hell? Boom, he jumps up out of bed. He hops through the window, hops on his horse and gets the fuck out of there. So when he goes back, he's like, listen, I had this weird experience. This couple totally creeped me out. I couldn't sleep, but my bed disappeared and I don't know where it went, but it like went through the floor. So this, along with like all the men going missing, they're like, okay, yeah, we remember people were accusing them of like men going missing. Maybe we should uh, go check it out. Wait, how does the bed fall through the floor? Listen to this, bro. Oh my God. Bro. Okay. So... So they send a group of like detectives to go check out the house and they find out that Lavinia Fisher was in fact, um, they had uh, mechanics under the floor in which would flip the bed upside down under the floor and it would like go down and, and it would bring the people underground. No way. The me- like the floor would open up and swallow the bed. It was a mechanical thing they had built into the house. Oh my God. And underneath the house was all of these um, underground tunnels. They found hundreds of bodies under there. And they basically found that um, she was drugging them with the tea. Yeah, so it tasted gross. So so that they fell into like a deep sleep. And then when they were sleeping, they would just fall right through the floor. What? So this John Peoples dude was just like freaking lucky or brilliant or had amazing intuition because he's like I don't like this tea and then he's like I don't want to sleep that's (laughs) totally saved his life and you know what that that reminds me of is like I don't know if you've ever been to any of the cities where there's underground tunnels but Uh there's but that's how they would do it like um I I used you know I come from Portland Oregon and there's all these underground tunnels in Portland, Oregon, and and you could go tour the haunted tunnels in underground Portland. And there's, what was that? John's coughing. Oh, okay, okay. I was like, oh my god, there's a ghost. Okay. Um, what was that? Yeah. What was that? <laughs> um. So when you go visit the old bars in downtown Portland they still have the mechanics where literally the floors would open up and when men would get shit faced, they would literally fall through the floor. They would capture them, take off their shoes because the grounds were covered in glass. So they couldn't run away. And then um, they would kidnap them and then sell them as slaves. No way. Yeah, absolutely. That's how they would do human trafficking back in the 1800s. So what Lavinia and John Fisher had going on was very similar. And they were very normal for the times, I guess. If you very, were yeah, exactly. So the story gets crazier. Amazing. So, of course, Lavinia and John Fisher are convicted of all these crimes, right? Yeah. Well, how could you not be? Pretty but obvious at that point. <laughs> at that time, back in South Carolina, it was not allowed or it was illegal to hang a woman if she was married. What? So Lavinia literally went to the court and she was like, you can't hang me. I'm married to the judge. And the judge was like, you know, Lavinia, I've thought this through. And all I have to do is hang your husband first. Oh, my God. Loophole loophole yeah and so she was so angry at this and um she actually demanded to wear her wedding dress on the day of her of her execution and some of the local people say that the reason why she wanted to wear her wedding dress was because she was preparing because she was aiming to be satan's bride when she died whoa but others say that basically she was saying that um because she was so beautiful she was hoping that when she went there and she was standing on the gallows that some man in the crowd would see her beauty and be like i'll marry you 
but that didn't happen. So she lost her shit and she was like, what? She's like throwing fists and they literally had to pick her up and carry her just kicking and screaming. Now her husband, he found religion. He found God and was like asking for forgiveness and saying he's so sorry. And, and, you know, his last words were like, please forgive me for everything I've done. But Lavinia was like, fuck you, fuck him, fuck her, kicking and screaming. They're picking this woman up in her wedding dress, dragging her gallows. And before her executioners could, so basically before her executioners could tighten the noose around her neck, she yelled out into the crowd. If you have a message you want to send to hell, give it to me. I'll carry it. And then before, before they could finish the job, she jumps off the scaffolding and hangs herself. What a badass psycho bitch. And they said, the crowd said that she hung there for 45 minutes before she actually died. That's insane. Later, onlookers would say that they've never seen such a wicked stare or chilling sneer as the one of 27-year-old Lavinia's face. So moving on to the ghost of Lavinia Fisher... It should come as no surprise with the terrible story such as this that the ghost of Lavinia Fisher is said to still roam Charleston. Almost immediately following her death, locals began reporting seeing her face floating behind bars of the windows where she was held. Then, after the great earthquake of 1886, people began to report her wanderings around other parts of the neighborhood, as well as the Unitarian Cemetery just a few blocks away. The old jail building there was served as Charleston so this is the old jail building served as Charleston's County jail from 1802 to 1939 way back in 1680 when the city of Charleston was just being laid out that block was used as the hospital poorhouse workhouse for runaway slaves and then the jail was built on that square so it was there the jail was there for about 137 years and it was in operation for 137 years and it not only served as a jail, but also as an asylum and for a variety of inmates, including John and Lavinia Fisher. Reports of strange occurrences began with the restoration efforts in 2000, the year 2000. Oh my God. One of the first reports was workers finding footprints in the dust after the building had been locked off for months due to lead paint contamination. More and more anomalies occurred as preservation continued and the building was open for tours. Several apparitions have been reported, including several workers who saw the ghost of a jailer with a rifle on the third floor. The phantom was said to have passed through the bars heading toward them before it vanished. Others have reported seeing a black man with ragged clothes wandering aimlessly through the halls, thought to be the spirit of a former slave. The man is seemingly unaware of his living surroundings, but the old jail's most famous ghost was that of the cruel killer, Lavinia Fisher. Several who have visited the historic building often claim that they've seen the woman in her wedding dress, describing it as being bright red and white. I thought that the red was interesting. Yeah. Maybe blood. I don't know. Strange sounds are heard throughout the building, including a hum of a dumbwaiter moving through the floors even though it hasn't been operational in years. And I just don't know what a dumbwaiter is, but I know it's not a stupid person. Yeah. <laughs> I just have to, I'm, I feel like maybe it's an ele- elevator of some type. Anyway, it says that alarms are going off randomly. And for others, their experiences have been physical. Visis- visitors and employees alike have complained of a choking feeling or shortness of breath while the ma- over the main staircase. Others report being grabbed, pushed, touched, scratched by unseen forces. And cool. a tour guide tells a story of a rope wrapped around her ankle and a man in the basement had his sunglasses knocked off by a violent unseen force. Other strange happenings also allegedly occur, such as terrible odors, that's demonic, yeah, that are sure. so bad that they make people people feel ill others report feelings of being watched in the basement even through temperatures even though temperatures might be quite warm visitors have seen their breath come out in a cloud of fog doors open after being closed okay just so you know if a door opened in front of me that alone would be enough for me to lose my shit yeah totally (laughs) 
But like, can we just talk about this Lavinia creature who's like, if you have a message you want to send to hell, (laughs) give it to me. I'll carry it. And then she's like, and she like jumps off the scaffolding. Like, what a psychopath. What a freaking psychopath, right? Amazing. I mean, like, I know. I don't, I can't even imagine like how she was once so charming. I mean, yeah, like there has to be red flags, right? Like you, like does there that, has to be, and does like a person like that have really any like actual friends, or are they that sociopathic they can like? I don't know. It's wild. I know, right? Pretty yeah. crazy, huh? I know. I thought that was a great story. I was like, I have to share this. Like literally, this John Peoples man is so lucky. He's like, oh. I don't like the tea. I don't want to sleep, and it freaking saves his life. Yeah, what are the chances? I know the bed falling through the floor. I was just like, this is an insane story. That John Peoples guy should have written a book. (laughs) About intuition and how to use it properly. Yeah, no kidding. (laughs) Trust your intuition. A story and diary experience by John Peoples. (laughs) Yeah, right? I would love to read his diary if he has one. Wow. Anyways, guys, so those are my stories straight from South Carolina, the city of Charleston. And I just feel like the South has so many ghosts. Oh, yeah. I mean, the East Coast in general, just with it being the first place that people settled and whatnot, it's like the oldest. So much history. Yeah. Gotta love it. Over here on the West Coast, everything is so new. The oldest ghost we got is like Marilyn Monroe. (laughs) Exactly. right that's crazy that's so cool though we have such good stories I mean I know I know I love it for our spooky Halloween Eve and Halloween is very close everybody I know well we so we started watching the x-files because it's on Hulu right now oh my god how great I I haven't seen it like I mean, I was a kid when it came out, you know what I mean? And so... I used to have the biggest crush on David Duchovny. Wait. Yeah. Fully. No. No. The the man. The man. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's been been funny because um, John's like, yeah, like I knew that you would like it. It's totally up your alley because like Mulder will say something and I'll be like, duh, that's obviously what's happening with aliens and the government whatever. (laughs) Yeah, remember of course that song, this is Duchovny, why don't you love me? Yeah. Do you remember that yeah. song? Oh I don't my know God. if I sing it good or not, but I remember it. It's so why good, though. Why don't you love me? I swear it's more like a documentary than it really is, like, a fictional show. Oh my gosh, it's nonfiction. Yeah. I, oh, I, I just remember the um, episode of the Chupacabra. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm like literally Nightmares four or five days. episodes in, so it's going to be a while, but... Oh my gosh, the Chupacabra episode gave me nightmares for days. <laughs> Let me know when you get to that one. I will, but I'm so excited. I'm like, this is like spooky and paranormal and perfect for like the season without, you know, being the typical stuff that everybody watches. Oh my god, I can't wait. I, I, have you been watching you? Oh, have I been watching you? Of course I have. I'm on like episode four or five now. Yeah, I'm on episode. I think I've got like one more left. I'll probably finish it right after this. Really? Oh, my it gets God. pretty freaking wild towards the end. You're just it like, always ah. does. And I'm like, how does. do they do it? One of my favorite episodes is in season two where him and 40 take Ellis. Yes. And yes. it's so trippy. They're like, ah. Oh my gosh, I love that episode. It's so crazy. I know. But yeah, that's also like, that's definitely on the true crime side of things, but it's a great spooky time show. But do you feel like, do you feel like it's kind of like the same story over and over again? I mean, I feel like it starts that way, right? Because it kind of has to, it follows the same, the the point of the show, I guess, right? Like the, the crux of it all, but I feel like it starts that way and then takes a wild left and you're like 
what? Okay. That's kind of how I felt too. And it doesn't stop doing that. Yeah, exactly. I don't know how they come up with it. I don't know how they like continue to write this magic into every season and episode because you like, I assume that it's just going to be monotonous and like end up being the same thing. I don't know where they get these ideas from. It's amazing though. It's so (laughs) well done. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's it's the stories are, I don't know, and Penn Bagley is so handsome too. Oh my god, I know. Well, just like just it kills me because it's like gossip girl, right? Like transition to this. And it's I mean, I love it. It's the best. Oh yeah, gossip girl. I saw him saying something like that. Um, gossip girl him and you him are the same, but like older or something and he does look the same yeah yeah it's crazy I I remember him in Gossip Girl too I used to make um Greyhounds and just watch Gossip Girl on my laptop for hours you're so cute get drunk when I was bored (laughs) (laughs) just me and my Gossip Girl so fun I always used to be like how do these people wear silky pajamas and be comfortable at night Oh my God, right? I have to wear cotton and I have to look like a homeless person to become comfortable. Oh yeah. But like when I was a kid, I could wear those like silky pajamas like that. But now thinking of doing that as an adult, like sounds so hot. Like I'd be so uncomfortable. Yeah. I feel the same way. Yeah. (laughs) No silky pajama for me unless there's, unless it's like the very expensive stuff is very comfortable and I'm missing it. Yeah, maybe. Or like, I mean, like I can understand lounging in it, but but like actually sleeping in it sounds terrible. I need to have cotton. I need to have something like stuck between my legs, like a pillow. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Thoughts on sleeping from bird. I need to look (laughs) like a homeless person. (laughs) (laughs) This has been so fun. And I'm so glad we're back on the podcast bandwagon. Uh, yes I do I am too I have some aliens I might be talking to aliens next time we'll see oh yeah I can't wait well we will do this again um obviously in a month and you guys can send us your stories at your bewitched stories at gmail.com you can tune in to us on spotify itunes and soundcloud Please be sure to log in and give us five stars because the more stars we get, the more listeners we are exposed to and the more stories we get. So to perpetuate the crazy cycle, it's almost like a pyramid scheme as two girls (laughs) would say. (laughs) Yeah, please rate and review on iTunes. That would be amazing. And then you can follow us. We'll put up our drink recipes and Bird has some pictures from the first story. Yes, from M's story. I'll post the pictures that M sent us in. And so we'll get all that up for you on the Instagram and you can find us on Instagram at Bitches Bewitched. And Share us with your friends. If you um, want to send us your Halloween outfits, your cocktail makings, anything like that, we'd be happy to hear from you. Yes, because we love you. Yes. Thank you so <laughs> much for listening. We'll see you guys. We'll see you next time. time. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Bye. Do I say bye?